0: Hello, everybody. Welcome to The Future Belongs to Creators. I am your host, Miguel, here with my co-host, Charlie. How are you
1: doing, Charlie? Hello. I'm doing well. It's just the two of us today. So we're using, if you're watching the video podcast, this view where we're like full split screen is one that our lovely co-host, Haley, just absolutely hates being this large on the screen. So we decided to use it today in honor of her not being here because she's on a well-deserved vacation. <laughs> yes,
0: yes. Uh, it's a little weird, but it's good. I mean, there's less lo- less background, more of more, us. more of my face <laughs> taking real estate on the screen. It's it's fine. Anyways, I'm really, really excited today about our topic. Today, we're going to be talking about some useful apps that maybe you've never heard of, but they really might be really useful or cool to you if you're a creator. But before we get into that, as usual, I wanted to get started with our Have You Heard? And uh, I think Charlie's going to kick us off with her Have You okay. Heard, if you don't mind going first.
1: Sure. So I saw this really interesting tweet, of course, is a tweet because everything I talk about is Twitter. But <laughs> it's about the um, popularity of the term creator economy, which obviously this is a show about the creator economy. We say that in our intro, but this is a term that has really only started to take off. Since I believe someone posted a tweet with some Google, you know, search trends, and it's we can see from March 2021 is when it really actually starts to climb. Obviously, the term has existed long before then, but it's really been only over the past like year and a bit that it's become more commonplace. And if we compare that to the, well, this Twitter person, Twitter did, Twitter, <laughs> Twitter searches for celebrity peaked in 2006. And then searches for influencer really took off in 2016. So this is how these like terms that we use, you know, influencer, creator economy every day in the creator space have come about. And it'll be interesting to keep an eye on the search trends for creator economy as it goes forward. And who knows, maybe we'll all be calling ourselves something else this time next year. But that's what we got for now. Yeah, I've
0: always found that really interesting. Uh, Twitter is like obviously known for what we're talking about right now, and it's very much like real time. But using Twitter as sort of like this thing to kind of look at things historically and like gather the data about what's going on and what things were trending, and is always really interesting to look back on and kind of see sort of the, the bell curve of when certain things start happening and everyone starts talking about stuff and mm. like viral terminology and stuff like that. So... Yeah, that's really cool. In keeping with the Twitter theme, my Have You Heard is also about Twitter, because that's all anyone's talking about today, because Elon Musk...
1: No, we're not talking about him. We can talk about Twitter without talking about him. Okay,
0: you know what? (laughs) Forget I even mentioned him. So what I'm talking about is, you may have heard about this feature called Twitter Circle... And it's very similar to like the close friends feature that Instagram has Mm. where instead of it just being like, Oh, I'm doing a story that anybody can watch on my profile, depending on how you have your privacy settings. In this case, this lets you add up to 150 people who can see your tweets when you want to share with just a smaller crowd. And they're starting to roll this out. And I think that's pretty, that's pretty cool. I wonder how people can use that in different creative ways. Obviously the first thing you think of is, oh, it's just like, if I want to say something that's to a, a targeted group of people and I don't want to muddy the conversation with everybody jumping in, I have this problem on Twitter since I have so many followers. I don't want everyone jumping in, you know? <laughs> you yeah, know, all, all 23 of them. Yeah, all 23 them. <laughs> of them. 20 of which are probably different accounts of my mom. I'm just kidding. My mom doesn't have Twitter. There's no way. Anyways, uh, it'd be cool if like, you know, creators were to use this as ways of like reaching out to certain people. Like if... You had fans, or you have a certain list of people that might be—I don't know—it might be cool if people use this in a way, like if you have like
1: an insider close list.
0: fans or close followers, like an insider's list. You know, it's up to 150 people. So if you know if you have a if you have a Patreon and you have people who are paying for your mm. stuff, maybe like you can kind of connect it in a way where you get sort of like insider tweets as well. I don't know. Maybe mm. maybe that's too com- complicated, but. I thought that might be cool. No,
1: well, there is. There's a feature on Twitter called Super Follow, I think it's that's what it's called. Oh, that is essentially like Patreon, but for Twitter. But it gets tricky because it's like, yeah, if you have someone supporting you, you actually want to give them the special benefits across all the platforms, not just on the one that they're paying you on. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think what you're saying could work for that. As a creator, I'm excited about Twitter circles, honestly, because of the the way I very much live my life online. And it's really hard to have that split between what I'm doing for my business, for my brand, as Charlie Marie, the internet person who teaches design content. And what I'm doing just is like me, Charlie Marie, the person. Like the other day I put out a call actually just trying to hear from any friends who might be interested in coming to CatSit. And like, <laughs> yeah, I tweeted that to. I'm just going to check how many followers I have we have got 26,600 followers and they all got that tweet. Probably wasn't <laughs> necessary, you know, <laughs> for the all to see that. Did
0: you get any like randos that were just like, I'll watch your cat and you're like, no way. No,
1: because <laughs> I did set it to the only people that I follow can reply. So yeah.
0: Oh, okay.
1: I would actually like to have a circle, honestly, of just the people that I follow would be my way of like, if I follow you back, I'm cool with you seeing everything. And if I don't follow you, maybe not so much.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So I'm more on Instagram. And when I think of like the close friends feature, I typically don't use it very much. But when I do, I usually use it whenever there's like some sort of thing that I feel pretty charged about that's Mm -hmm. maybe political in nature. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to like mix my family into that because you know how the, the adage, how it goes, like, you know, you. You do Thanksgiving dinner, and you have like you know the uncle or the whatever who's the complete opposite thought patterns as you are on some political yeah. topic, and things might get heated. Like, I don't want my Instagram to be about that with my family, so I like that I can select who doesn't see it, so I don't yeah piss anyone off and just you know that's yeah I don't want my social media to be about that. So
1: I, you know what? I also use the Instagram close friends feature <laughs> for a cat related thing, and that is that when I feel like. <laughs> I am maybe sharing a bit too many cat photos on my public Instagram stories. I share them, the ones that I want to share, just to my close friends instead because I'm like, if you're my friend, you're not going to get sick of the cat photos. And so, but maybe if you're there for design content, you do. So
0: if I see the green circle around you. It's
1: probably a cat photo. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I know what I'm in for. I know that you're <laughs> yep. feeling self-conscious about how many times Nora yep. is on your story. Yeah,
1: has featured. Yeah.
0: <laughs> All right, let's move on. That's have you heard? So on to our main topic today. We're talking about these useful apps. Full disclosure: I actually haven't looked into the ones that Charlie is going to share because I genuinely want to be want to be surprised about what she's offering up. So I'm going to go ahead and ask Charlie to kick us off, if that's okay.
1: Yeah, okay. I want to start with one that every time someone who is not a designer, or honestly, sometimes designers ask me for advice about their brand or like they they want to figure out they want. To get something that looks kind of slick. They don't want to have to pay a designer to do it. They don't have that money to invest yet in their creator business. You know, they're getting it off the ground. I send them to this site here called Coolers. And what it is, is a color palette generator. So if you go on the site, Coolers, that's like cool lesson, that's so cool.co, you can click start the generator and basically just hit the space bar and it'll show you these beautiful color palettes that's sort of like curated based on um, the color strength, what colors go well together and all that. There is like an algorithm behind it, I'm pretty sure. You can lock colors in place if you're like, oh, I like that one, but I don't like the ones around it. So let's see what else it suggests to to accompany it. Oh, cool. You can build a really great color palette to use as side of your brand as a creator using this site very quickly. And uh, you can sort of trust that it's going to give you something that will work well as well. So that is my first app that you might not have heard of. And it sounds like you hadn't, Miguel. So I'm off to a good start.
0: <laughs> yeah, I love that. I, I, it's one of those things where... I mean, I compare two colors that I like, maybe three, but if I'm going for like brand colors or I need several different ones, Mm -hmm. I find that to be really, really hard. So I would appreciate something like that because I know what I like, but putting it all together in a way that makes sense, that sounds really cool. Cool. Well, hence the name, right? Cool. Yeah. (laughs) Also, if there are any worries about us For our audio listeners, if you're worried about these things, how you spell them or whatever, we'll make sure to add links to all this in our show notes. So that way you don't have to worry about like how scrubbing through this whole podcast to find the spelling for
1: something. So don't worry about it. Yes. Yes. That sounds good. How about you? Your turn.
0: All right. So mine is an app called Sunroom and it's uh, sunroom.so. And what Sunroom is, which I thought was really interesting, is it's essentially if you are a creator... And you're trying to figure out how to connect with your audience. The mission of this place is that they're wealth minded, women forward, freedom of expression, and that they're safe and welcoming. And essentially what it is, is uh, you're trying to monetize what you're doing, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're trying to do that. There are different ways to do that. You have monthly subscriptions. You have tips. You have microtransactions. You have paid DM experiences, and they offer all of that. But the cool thing about it that makes them different is that it's definitely for women and like non-binary people, specifically because some of the things that those people have issues with, we're reaching communities. Mm. Is that you know you have creepers and people that are just this app has zero tolerance for people like who would seek to demean or bring down these people and it actually uplifts them and puts them front and center, which I thought was really cool. So it's kind of like a a marketplace for people like that. And one of the things that they do is since they have zero tolerance for that, they they respond to any abuse reports within 24 hours. Nice. And they have anti-screenshot technology to protect content leaking. And they sure that what's posted in Sunroom remains exclusively on Sunroom. So you don't have to worry about things getting out or people who aren't paying still getting your stuff. So in addition to being like women focus, it's also has some pretty cool stuff, not losing your hard work to people who don't pay for it.
1: Interesting. So it's kind of like a social media, but Patreon as well, maybe a little bit of OnlyFans vibes in there and that it's like content that people are getting access to. And like... Honestly, it's kind of sad that having zero tolerance for harassment and bullying is a defining feature that the other networks don't have. Yeah. Like, that's poor effort on their part, honestly.
0: (laughs) The fact that somebody felt that this was a Mm -hmm. big enough unmet need that they had to go out and build something specifically for this says a lot, and it is unfortunate but yep i'm glad that someone's doing it and hopefully by doing it you know this makes everybody else step up
1: yeah and this is great to shout out as well because i feel like at one stage tiktok was the like little unknown thing that a few people were starting to use right Mm -hmm. and we never know what is going to be the next tiktok so maybe it could be sunroom who knows check it out be an early adopter if if that sounds like a space for you
0: yeah yeah all right charlie you're next
1: This next one is one that actually, spoiler alert, probably the next two or three are ones that I've been using recently in the process of writing my book. They've been really helping me focus and like, yeah, get the work done. And the first part of this that I want to talk about is an app called Ulysses. Ooh, I know this one. You know this one? OK, so I've failed the brief of apps you've never heard of, but (laughs) hey, here we go.
0: Maybe it's probably never heard of, let's
1: say. Maybe potentially never heard of. This, in my opinion, is the best app for long-form writing. I think that it's all been created to help you focus, to help you like arrange your thoughts for something long form that you want to write. And I started out writing my book using Notion and then found that it was easy to get distracted by all of the other things that I use Notion for. And uh, honestly, Notion's text editing wasn't so hot back then either. Google Docs as well felt a little bit like Too much like work, honestly, to be writing a book in. But Ulysses has felt great. Like Ulysses is where my book lives. So if I've got that app open, I'm working on my book. And uh, that's, yeah, yeah, been really helpful for it. It is a paid app and I have zero regrets for paying for the use of this app. It is well worth the money for me. So if you are also a creator writing something.
0: I have a question about this one. So why would I use this instead of like Microsoft Word or Apple Pages or mm. what makes this so much better?
1: It's the, the fact that it has been designed to help you focus on your writing. It's got like... I feel like Pages and Google Docs, Microsoft Word, and all of that, they're business tools, essentially, right? Mm. They're made to help business people write business documents, whereas (laughs) this is specifically designed for someone who is working on a writing project. It has like your character count and the word count, the average reading time in the corner under a little subheader called progress, which I like because it's like, this is the progress you're making on your book. You've written this many words. That's cool. Yeah. It automatically pulls in an outline based on the headings that you have on your page so that you can sort of like, yeah, see the progress you're making there as well. Basically, I would say that if you're writing in Word, Google Docs and pages and you're fine with it, then fine, keep going. Don't bother paying for a different app. But if you, like me, have been in them and found yourself getting distracted or just not writing as much or just not feeling right, then Ulysses might be one to check out.
0: Yeah, especially when you're doing something creative, how you feel when you're doing it is so important. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm I'm totally down for that. Now, this might be a dumb question, but is this one in Markdown or can it be? Or am I thinking of a different app?
1: No, 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 it's in Markdown. Okay. But you can export it to whatever other format you want as well. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Awesome. What you got?
0: All right. So my next one is not safe for work. So <laughs> turn the volume down. If you're in the car listening with your children. We
1: never give these pre-warnings for F-bombs, but I like that you're doing it today.
0: Yeah, <laughs> right, well, I'm just building suspense. Okay. I've talked about this once before in, a, in an episode long ago. It's f y p m . v i p And that is basically fuck you, pay me, <laughs> is what it stands for. And I heard about this in a podcast I was listening to, and I thought it was really interesting. And the idea behind this is that as an influencer, specifically for influencers, but it can be for other creators as well. It's essentially like a hub that shows you what other influencers are getting paid for with similar campaigns and similar brands. And it empowers you to basically ask for what you're worth. So if you are somebody who is an influencer, and let's say, I'll use myself as an easy example. I have a woodworking blog and whatever. So I'm comparing, I would compare myself to other influencers in the woodworking sphere and see kind of like compared to their, you know, their platform and the industry and their follower count and their social media metrics, what are they asking for? And that kind of gives me a sort of a basis for comparison to see what I should be asking for, engage what I should charge with collaborating with other brands or just doing something for myself or, and you like crowdsource that data to... Get paid what you're worth, which I think is really cool and something that we need a lot more in a creator economy because a lot of people are just kind of like flying blind or making it up as you go. And there's no real like central source of truth in something that's this sort of like new and up and coming as like the creator sphere. So, yeah, I thought this was really neat.
1: So, I have also heard of this. So, payback for you having heard of Ulysses. (laughs) I actually have an account on, on Fuck You Pay Me and I found it useful myself as a creator like trying to think about brand deals. You can search by brand so you can see, okay, this brand's reached out to me. What have other people been paid for partnerships with this brand? And can give you a baseline of, to start with. I love this because these sorts of conversations have been happening in the creator community within private groups, like I have a group WhatsApp DM with a bunch of other design YouTube content creators. And when a brand reaches out to us, we will always check, Hey, this brand is offering me this. Have you heard of anything? Like, have you worked Um, with them before? And we get to compare pricing with each other and give feedback. So now this just makes it more available to people who perhaps haven't met those other creators yet. You know, I love it. I love that someone made this because, um, it's going to empower creators more, I think to, to not, undervalue their worth.
0: There's always that fear that if I ask for too much, I'll lose it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If my price is too high, they'll be like, oh, wow, F this. And they'll go to somebody else. So you have this temptation to price yourself in a competitive way. So then you'll undersell what you do because of the fear of losing out on it. And you figure, hey, at least getting paid for something is better than not getting paid at all. And then you sort of talk yourself down on your asking price. Yeah. And companies probably love that people do that because they get away with paying them less.
1: Yep, exactly. I think as well, um, I'm just like exploring my account right now. I think you had to leave a review in order to have an account so that it's like specifically for creators. So maybe if it's your first brand deal, you got to price it by yourself, but you can from then on get help with it. Yeah. One thing I will say is that I wish that they had more people. (laughs) contributing. There's a lot of brands listed, but a lot of it only has like one review per brand. Mm -hmm. And I think that they, when this gets more volume, it's going to be one of the most valuable resources for helping creators charge what they're worth. But right now, it's only as as good as the people putting into it, right? So I hope that they ramp up their like acquisition efforts.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's the truth between any sort of social Mm -hmm. sort of crowd-powered tool like this. Like say uh, Yelp. Yelp is like only as good as how many people are actually contributing. Yep. Sometimes a, a Yelp, I'll see the Yelp reviews and they'll be terrible or there'll be none at all. And then you go over to Google reviews and they have like 600 reviews. I'm like,
1: what am I using Yelp for again? You
0: know, <laughs> Google took over, man. Anyways, yeah. moving on.
1: Google's not taking over this though, I don't think. So, yeah. All right. My next one, like I said, also to do with writing my book This is an app called, I'm going to show the banner here. It's called Ambience. You can find it on the app store, on the iPhone app store. And what it is, is a ambience generator, I guess is how i describe it. So essentially you, you download this app and it's got like looping tracks of different environments. So there's like a coffee shop, there's like a city street and there's, I don't know, like a restaurant. There's a bunch of packs you can buy, but there's three that come just included for free. And the coffee shop noise, like sound experience, I guess, whatever you want to call it on this app is what I hit play on. I put my headphones on, I put that coffee shop noise on, and that's how I do my book writing. There's like some soft jazz every now and then in the background. There's some like general like, you know, like people talking, but you can't hear what they're saying. And for me, it's just a really like just creates a really good environment for focusing more so even than going to a real coffee shop does because everything is perfectly balanced to like not be distracting. Its point is to focus you. So if you're someone who likes, like needs something playing to help you focus, but you don't want to play music because it's got like lyrics in it and that's going to distract you from writing, then this is a great app to check out. I really like it.
0: Now, do you go to a coffee shop and then use the Ambience app because you find it to be more focusing than the place you're at?
1: I have done that in the past. (laughs) You have not. You have not. I have done that, Miguel. I really honestly have done that. Jesus Christ.
0: (laughs) I can't wait to tell our grandkids about that. Not for a good
1: long time, but...
0: I used to go out into the world and then simulate what it's like to be out in the world while I'm in the world. I
1: think, like... Part of it is the the like actual sound, but there's also the, it's like, well, it? the term is Pavlovian response, right? For me, <laughs> when I know that like, oh, this sound means focus time, this exact sound, how it is, not any other coffee shop sound, just the one on the ambience app because it's what I've been using for several years. And so I think that's part of it too for me now is that I've trained myself to focus when this sound is playing. <laughs>
0: I can't wait uh, for this weekend for when you go to the beach and then set up your Bluetooth speaker to play ocean noises while you're at the beach because there are more focus focusy waves than the normal waves. Do you know
1: what is funny, Miguel, is that <laughs> two nights ago it was raining really hard here in, in Valencia and uh, I found it quite hilarious that the actual rain was like competing with the rain noise we have playing (laughs) over the speaker in our bedroom, like white noise to sleep. (laughs) So yeah, this is a pattern for me. All right, moving on. What's your next app?
0: (laughs) I really don't want to move on about this, but I will. Yikes. Okay, Uh, moving on. Now we're going to talk about ClashApp.co. So what ClashApp is, is, it's kind of like a Patreon, sort of, but it's it's a short form video it's specifically for short form video creators. So okay. imagine it more like a like a TikTok and Patreon got together and did something together. So so the idea is you earn revenue directly from your fans instead of having to, Kind of hope something goes viral, or you do a brand deal, or something like that. So, mm-hmm. and it's so it's not about follower count. It's about you know it kind of take, goes back to what we talked about before about having that core audience of yep. like the hundred true fans kind of thing or whatever we say. Mm-hmm. So, what makes it different? So, imagine you're on TikTok, right? And you have all those buttons like share with your friends or, you know, you know, say something in the chat thread about the video or whatever. Imagine if right there you could send a tip to that creator directly. That's what something they call a drop. So fans can tip you on videos and that can be and of course that can be redeemed for that virtual money where it gets redeemed for real money which is nice and then they have this other internal thing that they call fan mail which is basically engaging with your big supporters so people maybe maybe the people who have given you tips and stuff like that you can reach out to those people and using that internal messaging service that they call fan mail, you can send out information about like maybe a tour that you're doing or some information about something that your business is getting ready to do or drop or, or put out there. So it's kind of like an email newsletter built in as well, which is kind of a a cool way to sort of like harness the people who are following you instead of them just being passive observers of whatever you happen to put out. It's more of a dialogue, which is pretty cool. And then of course they have a subscription subscription option, which we see more and more people doing. We've talked about that even earlier in this podcast, we've talked about subscription models where, you know, you can kind of support them on a more regular basis instead of just like a one off But I just thought that was really cool. I really like the idea of just me being on TikTok or even if I was on YouTube and just there being a button there where I can just be like, you know, like the buy me a coffee thing, like ego, there's two bucks, here's three bucks. I really enjoyed that. I do got a lot of value from that. And this is a way of showing it other than just hitting the heart button and moving on.
1: Mm -hmm. What I am finding interesting about the Clash looking at the site is the way that targeting specifically short form video creators, it's like right up there in their header. It says join over 4,000 short form video creators already owning on Clash, as opposed to like a Patreon is going after YouTubers and podcasters and like there's a bunch of different people that they're going after. They're obviously trying to niche here and short form video is continuing to grow in popularity. So it's probably smart on their part to focus on that. But yeah. Also, I think that some of these features like subscriptions and like the drops or giving tips or whatever, that can all be done on YouTube. But for short form content creators, they're not really doing great on YouTube with short form content. Like YouTube has shorts, but it's it's like a it's a bolt on kind of product. It's not what pe- most people are there for. And so most of the features. How do you feel about shorts,
0: Charlie? How do you do <laughs> I really feel? Tell us how, how much you love making shorts.
1: Do you know what I actually, Miguel, the other day I made a TikTok. What? Just have to admit that. Yep. I made a TikTok. Nice. And what I did was upload some of the videos that I had made for YouTube shorts onto it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> That's me in short form content. Yeah. I don't know. It'd be interesting to see how this goes. I feel like if there's a creator who is big enough, then they can get their audience to use it. But I don't feel like a lot of people will be going on here to find creators to follow. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. You know what I was thinking of? Because it's so much like TikTok. If TikTok were to find a way to make it beneficial for them to harness their API, where apps like this could basically pull in content mm. from them, which would obviously increase the amount of eyeballs because now your people are seeing you that are not within your own ecosystem. Obviously, they want to like have everybody in TikTok because they have the most control yeah. of the viewer there. But if there are ways where like you could allow those things to go outside of the app and be harnessed in different places and still get those views, much how like. YouTube allows you to embed a video on True. a website or something like that. But it still it's a, it becomes another vector for people to come to TikTok, yep. even if you're not on TikTok. So that might be cool if, if they would find some way to do that in a way that made sense for them.
1: I would think the more likely thing is that TikTok builds in this functionality and it just like completely obliterates this app and you can tip people through TikTok, subscribe, all that. Yeah. I don't know, just to be cynical about it.
0: <laughs> you know like how clubhouse clubhouse goes huge and then all of a sudden all the existing ones are like oh this is a feature set that we need to add because mm-hmm. this is what's making it cool so everybody facebook actually just sunsetted their response to the clubhouse thing interesting i read have you heard bonus there <laughs> but uh, yeah clubhouse blew up and everybody's like oh we need some sort of audio thing going on and everybody tried to copy that and then you know Inst- you know snapchat did stories and then instagram yep. obviously copied that so like everybody sort of cannibalizes each other if something gets huge like that. So maybe apps like this get huge because of the tip thing, and then that forces the big guys to help creators get paid.
1: Yeah, which is only going to be a good thing. Yeah, good point. All right, my next app is, I think you've heard of this one too, Miguel, because it's one that we used to use like collectively at ConvertKit for a time. We bonded over this. This is Forest app. This is a productivity app. It's essentially like a Pomodoro timer. But instead of just boring old numbers counting down as you like set the timer then focus. What you're doing is growing a tree, and then if you focus enough, <laughs> then you get to build a little forest of all of the trees that represent the like blocks of time that you focused and worked for. And um, I'm a big fan of setting timers. This is a
0: digital tree, right? Not a real tree.
1: I wish it was a real tree that could grow in 30 minutes. That would be great. <laughs> But no, yes, it is a digital tree in your phone or in the browser as well. I tend to use it on my phone, but I've used a lot of timer apps because it's definitely a way that I need to find focus sometimes. I like layer on the focus needs. You know, it's like, first of all, it's Ulysses. Then it's Ulysses plus ambience. Then it's Ulysses ambience and I need a timer in Forest app (laughs) if it's a particularly bad day. But yeah, this has been my favorite one of all of the timer apps that I've tried. I think it's just the... I don't know, the novelty factor of the tree. And also the fact that if you break your focus and you leave the app or like are using your phone for other things, the tree dies. Oh my God. And the tree sits dead in your forest to remind you of how you failed. So I think that, that- <laughs> Jesus,
0: that's like a really fucked up Tamagotchi.
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess so.
0: <laughs> it's like, it's not that you just get to just start a new Tamagotchi. It's your old dead Tamagotchi. Just the carcass just sits there. Yep.
1: You're going to see it there for the rest of the month. Good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> so it's good incentive to not let that tree die. But I don't know if um, working your timers is, is something that helps you, then I would recommend checking this one out. Definitely helps me when I need that that kick of focus. You've used this before, right, Miguel?
0: Yeah, I, uh, I used it for a little bit just to kind of mm-hmm. hop on the bandwagon with the rest of the team, but I didn't stick with it, but I guess I lost focus. It
1: goes in waves for me, yeah. <laughs> it was kind of nice for a time at ConvertKit. We were all like into this app and using it and you'd be like, I'm going to grow a tree. Anyone else want to join me? And then you can all like yeah. click start in your timer and all be growing trees together, which was pretty cute.
0: <laughs> Typically, I... Um, used dead trees in my spare time to build things. So this is a little counterintuitive.
1: Whoa. And Bryce just said, I think forest has ambience built in for those who want a two for one. So thank you for that contribution, Bryce. Did not know that. Maybe I can try and train myself on a new coffee shop sound.
0: (laughs) Oh man, Charlie. I mean, that's a big bang for your buck for you.
1: (laughs) All right, I have one more, if there's time to get one in. Oh, yeah, yeah, bonus one. This one is, again, I started off with a design-related one with coolers, and we're going back to it. Tiny PNG. So this is an app that saves your website loading time, essentially. (laughs) (laughs) When people make image files and export them, it's rare for you to pay attention to the size of them if you're not someone who has like worked on websites and optimizing websites. But the size of your images matters and will add to the load time. So before you upload your blog post or like add a new image to your website, I highly recommend you run it through this site, tinypng.com. It's really good at compressing the image size and making the file smaller without affecting the image itself so it doesn't make it all pixelated and gross it doesn't actually physically shrink the pixel size it just makes it take up less kilobytes i guess
0: how do they do this that sounds like magic yeah it's like why don't pngs do this already like what are they using all that memory for yeah
1: i don't know i don't know mate but yeah, this is an essential for me to run everything through it before I'm going to upload it to my newsletter or anything like that.
0: Yeah, nobody wants an email that's like doing the whole like 1999. Yeah. Screen, you know, loading the image.
1: Yeah. I know ConvertKit has a bunch of image compression stuff built in, so it's probably actually not necessary that I do this, but I just like to. I feel better about myself when I do.
0: <laughs> I'm sure the Infra team appreciates it too. So Yes,
1: I'm sure they do as well. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Oh, man. Okay. well, that that is a good list of apps. I really enjoyed going through that,
1: yeah, that was fun. Great topic suggestion.
0: I think I might hop back onto the forest panwagon, so
1: do it. Grow trees with me.
0: Grow some trees. <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, there's actually two more little segments coming. The Next one is I want to do a quick listener shout out and that person is someone that you may have seen in the chat if you're ever here live and that person is Alejandro Castanon. I'm sorry if I'm not pronouncing that correctly, but Alejandro he is an artist. He wanted to celebrate the fact that um well in addition to an artist, he's also an art business advisor, I should say. Nice. And he recently his his celebration is that he recently filed his LLC and two separate DBAs, which is a doing business as, for his art business. Woot woot. So that's awesome, Make things, things official. Ooh, jinx.
1: Yeah, I love that. <laughs> that's an exciting moment when you're like, no, you know what? I am committed to this idea and I'm gonna file paperwork, which is no one's favorite thing to do, <laughs> to make this happen and like make it a real thing that I can earn money with. So congratulations, Alejandro, that's a really exciting moment.
0: Yeah. And I'll make sure to uh, include the link to his LinkedIn page because that's what he sent us. But those LinkedIn links are not something that is good for a banner. They're not pretty. (laughs) They're not pretty. So I'll make sure to have those in the notes if you guys want to check out and connect with him on LinkedIn. And uh, lastly, a little preview into what we're doing next week. Next week, Charlie's taking the lead. What are we talking about?
1: Yeah. I'm going to be the host next week and we're going to do one of our favorite like article book clubs, which is what we always like to do. And so I'm going to give you all a sneak preview of the article we're going to be discussing, which is Creativity Feedback Loops. It's actually an article on the ConvertKit blog itself, but it talks about feedback loops and their impact on mental health for creators It's about burnout, creators face and, you know, from being on the content hamster wheel that we have talked about a bunch. And we're going to read this article and we're going to discuss the points in it. So you can read it as well. It's convertkit.com slash creativity hyphen feedback hyphen loops. We'll link it in the show notes too. And join in on the discussion next week. Should be fun.
0: All right. I'm looking forward to that one a lot. So will Haley be with us next week as
1: well? I think so.
0: All right. Yeah. All right. And we'll make sure we'll keep our faces nice and jammed just like this for her
1: <laughs> yeah just for Hailey.
0: <laughs> all right this has been really fun thank you everybody for joining us today live and um we will see you all next week bye toodles thanks for listening to this episode of the future belongs to creators if you enjoyed it be sure to subscribe so that new episodes appear in your podcast feed every week and while you're at it leave us a review on apple Podcasts. we'd love to hear what you think of the show If you want to join us live for the next recording, you'll find us on ConvertKit's YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash ConvertKit every Wednesday at 1230 Eastern.
1: This show, like everything we do at ConvertKit, is made for creators by creators. We're on a mission to help creators like you earn a living online, and we make software that helps you build and connect with an audience of loyal fans. ConvertKit is the best way to launch or grow your next creative project. So to start building your audience, go to convertkit.com slash free and create a free account. We're looking forward to helping you on your creator journey.